I'm back after that. Thank you, guys. Feedback, feedback, feedback. It's good. It's okay. Um, I'm going to pray real quick because this one needs prayer. I need prayer. One of the cool things about doing this, uh, especially in this place, everybody that says they're going to pray for you, I feel you praying for me. I really do when I put this together because there are things when you go throughout your week and you have a full-time job and you have all of life hitting you, um, it's very easy to put this and prepare preparation for this and preparation for myself for this on the back burner, okay? Um, the thing that moves me is your prayer. And I know there are many in here who pray for me, particularly as I'm getting ready for this, and I really appreciate that. So I'm going to pray real quick. Father, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. Send your spirit on this place. Let us have a discussion about something kind of difficult, um, but hopefully... We can see the truth that comes out of it. We love you and praise you for who you are. In your son's name, amen. All right. They. Who's they? Okay. What do I mean by they? You what? People other than us. That's good. All right. There's the first one. Okay. When you have conversations with people about politics, how do you phrase it? They want to take your guns. They are trying to stamp on my rights. They want to steal our country, right? We like to talk in terms of they. And there are valid reasons to discuss they. The problem is it's very hard to define who they are. True? We think we have an idea, but then... You know, it's a, it's a little convoluted. There is no one great evil organization head up by Dr. Evil, Austin Powers, okay? Dr. Evil is not up there discussing and plotting and planning the end of the world. Well, I guess he sort of is. His name's not Dr. Evil, though. His name is. There you go. Okay. But they is a very tricky topic. It goes across a lot of different places and a lot of different things. So I say uh, there are a few provisos, a couple uh, quid pro quos that we have to talk about when we have this discussion. So if you've ever watched Aladdin, there's my second movie reference in Aladdin. I'm known for movie references, by the way, sorry. Um, so I have ground rules for this discussion. Number one, I am going to speak in generalizations, okay? Please forgive me for that. There are, it is impossible to have a 30, 45 minute conversation up here without speaking in some form of generalizations. There are exceptions to the rules, okay? That's a fact. Please forgive me on this front, but in order to have this conversation, I do have to speak in some form of generalizations. Number two, in this conversation, I am going to trigger you. We all, even though we all come together in a church and have at least a level of belief systems in Jesus and have a, a homogenous nature about what we believe, we all have different opinions on politics. They're subtle to great. I do, I, 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 I'm going to say there possibly are Democrats among us. Okay? <laughs> okay? We are different. 
and we see things differently. So when I say these things, I'm not intentionally trying to trigger certain things in you, but there will be some triggering type conversations that may spark something in you. I have a place I'm going. You need to bear with me on this front, okay? Now, with that, when we get to Scripture, I want you to understand, and this is important, context is king. There's a first meaning when, when, when the writers wrote the letters of the New Testament or even of, of, the, of the things of the Old Testament. There was a first purpose and a first meaning that writer was writing what they wrote. Writing, writing what they wrote. That's a bunch of rights. Okay, I got that in there. Um, there's a first meaning to that, and it has to do with the context of the entire situation. And that's its first meaning. Now, Scripture is vast and it is deep. There are scriptures that we take and that have a second and a thirdly meaning. I said thirdly intentionally. Third, there are second and third meanings to scriptures that actually can impact us and have impacted us positively, but in some cases negatively. Okay? What is a negative, Josh? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Right? That is a very positive verse. It's good, but the way that we have taken it in Christian culture is well out of context and can have consequences in lives more so than, than, than the good things that can happen out of it. So that's an example of a bad one. Let me give you an example of what just hit me yesterday. Going through this, you, you never know how all this co comes across. Here is a verse that I was positive. I understood the first meaning. 1 Peter 3.18. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous. To bring you to God, he was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. Now, the first meaning seems to be very clear, does it not? First meaning, Christ died for us, right? Pretty simple first meaning. I think all of us, I've memorized this verse uh, over my life. Um, a lot of people memorize this verse over life. Interestingly enough, I think that's maybe the second or even the third meaning of this verse. And we're going to discover why in a little while. So I just set that up. This is the setup. And now we get into what we get into. Okay. They, them, the world. Here are verses surrounding those topics. 2 Thessalonians 2, 10 through 12. He will use every kind of evil deception to fool those on their way to destruction. Who's he? Satan. Satan, okay? Because they refuse to love and accept the truth that would save them. So God will cause them to be greatly deceived and they will believe these lies. They will become, then they will be condemned for enjoying evil rather than believing the truth, okay? So Paul is telling the Thessalonians in Thessalonica, that's where we get Thessalonians, okay? That lies will be told and people will believe these lies, okay? Put that in your mind. Lies are going to be told and people are going to believe these lies. It's particularly talking about closer to the end times. If the world hates you, remember that it hated me first, John 15. The, the world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it, but you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world, so it hates you. Now, put the two together. People are going to be deceived and tell lies, and who are they going to tell lies about? 
Jesus and particularly those who believe in him. Lies are here, and they're going to tell them about you, and they're going to try and convince you of these lies. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed around and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies. So clever, so clever, they sound like the truth. Okay, lies cleverly are going to be told to you in order to do something because the world will hate you because it hated Jesus. Are we all on board with this? We're on board. Okay. How do they lie? Telling half truths. What else? Not telling, the truth. Not telling the truth. Direct lies. Here's one. When did the lies begin? I, actually, it's funny because we're going to go into logical fallacies. One logical fallacy is the slippery slope argument uh, that, that if, you, if you do X, Y, Z, P, Q will happen on down the line. I'm about to use the slippery slope argument. Sorry. Okay. How was news told before the 1600s? Huh? By mouth. So one person could talk to maybe 50 people, right? And those 50 people may be able to go out and tell other people, okay? A, slow. B, how accurate was it? Ha! <laughs> I could tell, I can tell, I could probably say one word over here, and by the time it got over here, it'd be a completely different word than what I said in the first place, okay? So what happened in the 1600s that changed that? Gutenberg, the printing press. Okay, the printing press came along and began to let us mass produce the, the written word so that multiple people could hear it. Once that happened, also literacy started to turn and become a thing because before it didn't mean, learning to read and write wasn't that big a deal because you couldn't even get your hands on, on, on writings anyway. So the news came across. Okay, who's the youth? Youth, raise your hands. I have two words, two, I have two phrases for you youth to see if you can figure out, please, the older people in the room do not say this. If I said above the fold, what do I mean? You've heard this phrase before? Have you ever heard the phrase above the fold? Do you know what it means? Do you guys know what it means? Okay. What do you do with the newspaper? Well, first, read it. Good. Yes. It's fold, right? So it was folded in half and then put in a pile in which was taken out to be distributed, right? Above the fold was the information that happened above the fold because everybody that walked across would see that section of news. That was the most seen and viewed part of the newspaper. So if it was placed above the fold, it had a higher importance kind of than everything else just because everybody saw it. Does that make sense? Headlines, okay? Now, by the way, our modern version of that, clickbait, right? So you do get clickbait, right? Understand clickbait? We know clickbait? Clickbait, yes. Above the fold is equivalent to quick clickbait, okay? Second one, stop the presses. Do you know what stop the presses is? Stop the press. 
Do you know Stop the Press? Give me a try. Try it. Why Stop the Press? You've heard it. Okay. Why? Okay. They would have, be printing the newspaper. Now, mind you, they wanted more immediate news as fast as they could get it. Problem, you had to print the newspaper, put it all together, get it out, delivered to the city as it went. Now, many cities had an early edition and an afternoon edition, right? Because they wanted to get you news as fast as possible. Stop the Presses was when a news story was so important, they're in the middle of printing the news for that particular morning or that particular afternoon, and they say, stop the presses, we need to change this so we can actually put this new one in there. So you get the term, stop the press, okay? All of that in news, the news they tell you, the news they put above the fold, all of it has an agenda. It all has some form of way in which it's trying to communicate the issue to you. And it's designed by the person that put it in there. The editor ultimately has, has content, control of the content. The person writing it has control there. So starting of the lies has nothing to do really with as bad as the person is that's writing it or doing it. It's really, it used to be what they presented you versus what they did not present you, right? What they told you, where they, so if, if, a, if a newspaper had a grand story and they told the story, where would they put the story? And they want everybody to know it. Front page headline. What if they were wrong? What did they do if they were wrong? They have a retraction. Where would the retraction be? Final page. Okay. Subtle way of lying, right? We have radio. Radio came into vogue in the 1900s. Radio allowed you to actually communicate by voice to now many people more immediately. Radio news tried to be down the middle. But over time, what happened? It became, it became biased by the person that's actually doing it. Now, originally, they tried to deny the bias. And eventually, one person made this famous, took the bias and said, yes, I'm biased. And I'm going to tell the news from this standpoint. Who was that individual? Who's the talk radio? Where'd he come from? Where'd it come from? Rush Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh was really the first. He wasn't the first to do it, but he was the first to come out and become popular saying, I have a point of view, and I'm going to present the news from that point of view. Okay? That's what he did. And news has never seen anything, has never seen anything like, and has changed since. Remember I talked about the slippery slope thing? Printing press, slippery slope. Now we have propaganda. Now we have opinion, editorial, moving on. Television became in vogue and began to do, and began to do much of the same thing. Television news has become opinion, more opinion piece than has become unbiased, right? All the way now to social media. And social media may be the worst of the worst because this has even less to do with actual official people telling the news, but has to do with everybody else putting out content that they think is important. Always with an agenda, always having a place. Okay, how does some of that affect you? I'm gonna throw some names out there. Who knows what CHOP is? CHOP. Who can say CHOP? You do, because I think I said it last night. It was in Portland. It was the autonomous zone created during the George Floyd riots. The um, Antifa, the kind of the, the radicals came in and actually took over a portion of, of Portland and said, we are now our own country. We are no longer associated with the city of Portland. 
We're no longer associated with the United States. They took over about a 10 square block area, okay, um, including a police precinct and held it for about a month. No social services were allowed in. Uh, there was some, uh, you know, but I'd say a couple people maybe even knew what that was, right? Okay. If I said Kenosha, Wisconsin, who knows what I'm talking about? Rittenhouse. There's a few more. Okay, a few more of you know what this is. In framing that conversation, I'm going to show you something. This is not the Babylon Bee. Okay? This is real, and then the Babylon Bee took off on it. Fiery, but mostly peaceful protests in police shooting. That's real, guys. That was a real CNN headline in here. Fire. The city is on fire behind him, and they phrase it as mostly peaceful. Okay? Hold on sight. Well, because here it is. If I say January 6th, how many know what I'm talking about? Why? Why do we know about January 6th more than anything else? It was talked about constantly over and over and over and over. A city is on fire here. Billions of dollars in damage, but this is okay and you don't know about it. But some people got into the Capitol building and took some selfies. They were, that too, okay? These are the lies that I'm talking about. Lies are being told. What kind of ways are these lies told? And I want to get into a few logical fallacies for two reasons. Number one, you need to know about these. This stuff you have to be aware of. You have to be aware that when people tell you something, there is always an agenda behind it. It's not a fact of you, if somebody is going to be complete. No one is ever completely unbiased. It's having the knowledge that bias exists. So a couple ways in which they're going to lie to you with fallacies. Ad hominem attacks. This is a logical fallacy, ad hominem. Does anybody know what an ad hominem attack means? Hama, hama. You what? You attack the person, not the subject at hand. Okay? What arena does this most commonly happen in? Politics. Two politicians stand up there. Here's the issue at hand. Do they attack? Do they talk about why their issue is what? Do they talk about why what they believe about the issue is good? No, they talk about why the other person is bad and you shouldn't listen to them. That's an ad hominem attack. Do we employ those ourselves all the time? Okay, so this is not just uncommon to somebody in politics. We use these all the time. Bandwagon, bandwagon fallacies. What would bandwagon mean? Basically, Everybody else believes it, so so should you. Correct? This is the belief that because everybody else says it, you should too. I don't know where you sit on climate change, but there is an ad playing through throughout a lot of different uh, streaming services. It's from Science Moms. Okay? So it has this official term, Science Moms. And its basic premise is that well, if 99% of doctors said you were sick, are you sick? If 99% of doctors of mechanics said your car was fixed, was not fixed, well, what if 99% of scientists said climate change is real? 
it is a, whether or not there is, number one, 99% of scientists do not think climate change is true. But the whole point of it is to have a bandwagon attack on you saying, you silly person for believing something outside the contrary. Everybody else believes that you should too. There's your lie. Straw man attacks means this. You, you set up something that is not necessarily real. You set up a, a, a you, you set up, the, you frame the argument in a way that is not, that is something over here that's easily attacked and then you attack it from that angle. Um, straw man attacks, well, well, all the Christians I know are judgmental, evil, and mean. So that means Christianity is judgmental, evil, and mean. You set up a straw man by saying, the two people that you knew were Christians were judgmental and mean. So that means all people were judgmental and mean at that point. Last one, this one's interesting, the false dichotomy. And this, I think, the false dichotomy might be the most evil because I think it will lead us to where we're going to go in this society, which is you're either for it or against it. There's only two options, okay? In this world right now, there is a narrative from the left side of the political perspective, okay? What happens to you if you're on the left, but you start to challenge some of the prepositions on the left? They now say you're, you're mean, evil, homophobic, bigot, et cetera, et cetera, and you are on their side, right? Bill Maher, probably the primary example at this moment, if you know who Bill Maher is. Um, but right now, they are framing the debate of, you either believe everything we tell you is true or you're an evil, homophobic, bigot, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, go down the line, the false dichotomy. That leads to really where a lot of this is going to end up leading to, which is straight persecution. Because eventually, these lies are going to be told so much and the lies are going to be presented to you so much that you're going to experience straight up persecution. It's coming. Okay? In some places, it's already here. What places is straight persecution already there? China. China? Where else? Russia. Ooh, Canada. That's a new one, right? Canada's a new one. Australia. Australia. Don't believe in the vaccines in Australia. See where that gets you in their society right now. Okay? Have I done a good job of triggering you yet? Have I hit all of the hot-button issues of politics? I really haven't said much about Trump yet, but I can just go, Trump, 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 and everybody will go, wah! <laughs> okay? Or yeah, or whatever, right? Okay. There's intent behind that, because the question really is, what is our response in this environment? With all of these lies being told, with these lies flying around, with everything... What is, first of all, what is our human response? Anger. The term I like to use is fight fire with fire. Right? If you get in a group of people who are like-minded about you, where does that discussion go about they? Straight to the doghouse, right? They, oh my gosh, we get upset. We got to take back our country. We've got to do this. It's anger, frustration, disgust. Okay. 
What good comes out of it? What good comes out of it? Are you going to be ever... Someone makes a Facebook post, guys. You're, you're politically in tune, woke sister, brother-in-law, girlfriend's daughter's former roommate on Facebook throws out a political commentary on Facebook in the link. What's our common response? Oh my gosh, you can't do that. We try to make the argument there. Like someone's going to read that argument and go, oh, I'm sorry, I was so wrong. You have all the truth. I don't. We're okay. No, that's not how that's going to go. What is the source of your frustration, anger, et cetera, et cetera? Where's the source coming from? It's from yourself. Really, it's a selfish ambition, right? It's jealousy, selfish ambition, frustration, anger, and nothing good ever comes away from that. But that's our response. And then we say fight fire with fire. Does God ever work with fighting fire with fire? Okay. All right, I'm doing good on time. Look at this. I, I practiced it last night or this morning, and time was a, a problem for me. So here we go. So what should be our response? Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. So if we speak the truth in love, who are we exampling? Jesus. Let's play down this, let's, let's walk down this scenario together because it's going to lead me to first interpretations versus second and thirdly. Who is the head of his body, the church? He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Are we... Is there anything in here about fighting fire with fire? Okay. James. Oh, James will hit you hard, by the way. (laughs) James will flip you up, smack you, and put you down real quick. Okay? If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every. My question is, in our anger, frustration, our our search for justice, will God move in your life? And if those move, and, and even here, let's go this route. Maybe God, and God always moves, 
Okay? There's always movement of God. But will you recognize God move, God's movement in your life? How many times are you disappointed when you experience maybe a little bit of justice? You thought, justice is all I need. I just need justice. I need justice. And that justice finally comes. And you're left with, eh, that was, that was anticlimactic. Right? It happens like that. But the wisdom from above is, first of all, pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. I present to you that you want to see God move in your life gentle, peace-loving, willing to yield, full of mercy. You will never see God like you will see him when you're in those moments. It's interesting because, you know, I watched The Chosen, I'm watching back through it, um, and the things that are most impactful there are when you see mercy and grace being handed down to the individuals of Mary, Peter, Matthew, the woman at the well. Um, those are the moments where God grabs you and grabs your attention. Why? Because it's full of grace. It's peace. It's love. The question is, do you trust God to act in that manner in a world that is lying about you? Because it's coming, guys. And particularly our youth. I think, I think, I think you know, if you're 40 or more, I, I believe we're, I'm not saying we're more equipped to handle it. I think we are less attuned to what the influences of social media are doing. Many of, you know, it's hard for us to be influenced because we don't sit there and sit on our phones on Facebook or on TikTok or on Twitter all day long, right? But that's become a thing. Those influences now, guys, you're being influenced by everything that you put into your phone. I am too. It's just those influences have left impact on me because I don't sit on that all day long. I have my all day long other things. Give me a good video game. It's over. Give me a good video game, I'm all over it, okay? So give you a good television show, all over it, right? But for the, for the youth, give the, you know, I, it was funny, it was a real realization with my kids. I walked home, one, came home one day, uh, I came home one day from, uh, from work, four o'clock, my kids are in their early teens, I think 10 and 11 or 12 uh, for Leah and Josiah, and not a television was on in the house, now, let me tell you something. If you came home when I was a kid, every television was going to be on in the house. You know what they were doing? They're on their iPads watching YouTube, right? New. It, it's old, but it's new. It's a new way of doing it, but it's an old way of going about it. With all of that, these lies can creep into even how we view Christianity in some cases. Like I said, there are first meanings, second, and third meanings. 
And there are times in which we have focused so much on a particular way about the way we look at things that we look at 1 Peter 3.18 and we say, that is about Jesus dying on the cross for my sins and I memorize it in that way. I'm going to present to you the rest of the story. This is my Paul Harvey moment. And the youth go, Paul who? <laughs> okay. He's been gone a long time, Paul Harvey. Paul Harvey did the rest of the story. It was a radio show. And he would say, and that's the rest of the story. That was Paul Harvey moment. The rest of the story is this, and this is what I saw yesterday that really impacted me in a great way because this verse changed completely for me. So let, you're going to have to bear with this. You're going to focus in on what's being, what's being read and then understand what the, then the context of the verse. So finally... All of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult for insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Let's stop there. Fight fire with fire. Fight fire with blessing. Okay. God's ways are different than our ways. My famous saying is God's economy is complete opposite of ours. What God values is different than ours. Earlier in this chapter, I almost brought it up here, but I won't, but in in 1 Peter 3, it talks about women having a gentle and quiet spirit of which God has great worth. God has great worth with gentle and quiet, not loud and boastful, okay, just so you know. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. For, and now we get into a psalm. This is actually, I think, Psalm 34. Whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from a deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are are attentive to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Who is going to do harm to you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope you have. Now, how do we give that reason? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. In there is no fighting fire with fire. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior, those who lie about you against your good behavior, even guys, if I go to if I go to school and I smoke weed in the bathroom or I bring a Bible to school, which am I going to get in more trouble for? Smoking. Okay, now here we go. For doing good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. Let's repeat that. It is better to suffer for doing good than doing evil. 
how powerful is doing that? This is how powerful doing that is. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. God worked his most miraculous work for someone who suffered for doing good. You want to see God work? You want to see God move? You want to experience joy in your life? Don't fight the fire with fire. Love. Be patient. Speak the truth in that patience and in that love. And all of a sudden, God starts working, not you. When we argue, it's us. And we never win. When we give this and have mercy and have grace, God it is the most powerful. Um, worship team, come on up. I was struck by the fact that I have missed the first meaning of this verse my whole life until last yesterday morning at 7.30, okay? So mind you, I'm putting all this together, and God slaps me upside the head with this uh, at 7.30 yesterday morning. And that's be- what I thought was going to be the end of this was not the end of this. It was that. Jesus suffered the most egregious. He had the most argument of injustice on the planet. And instead, we let them do it. Father, forgive them. You should have the attitude as Christ Jesus. That's Philippians 2. Tonight, we're going to go in there and I've got a whole ton of stuff on logical fallacies. We're going to have a good time in the conversation because it's It's a fun place to go. But then we're going to look at the volumes of verses, the volumes of chapters in the Bible that is all about love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. We miss it. We see it as the second and third meaning, and it is the first meaning of what God wants from us. I'm going to pray. Father, we love you. We thank you, and we praise you. Your ways are not our ways. And I thank you for that because I will screw it up every time. Remind our youth that people are, will lie and those influences will be in their life. Look for it. Doesn't mean you fight it. Doesn't mean you, you, you can do a, a lot against it other than love those people. Share truth and kindness. Be different than what they think that you're going to be and watch you work in those people's lives when you're different. I've seen God work in someone's life because someone smiled at them. Be with us in this time. Be with us with the rest of worship and the rest of the day and just work your work as you do. We love you and praise you in your son's name. Amen.